Good morning. Before we get into the Bible Reading Plan podcast, I wanted to give a disclaimer that this podcast was recorded before the coronavirus pandemic. Since then, we have changed our rhythms of gathering, and any announcements during this podcast may be incorrect. So for any announcements or logistics mentioned in this podcast, please double check against the website, victorypoint.org. Thanks. All right, here we go. Welcome to the Bible Reading Plan podcast by Victory Point. One of the best ways to grow as a disciple of Jesus is to read and reflect on Scripture daily. We created this podcast to guide you through our daily Bible reading plan that helps us dwell in God's Word as we grow together in listening to the Spirit. Whether you're on your commute, doing dishes, or just getting up in the morning, we're glad you tuned in. All right, good morning. It's Thursday the 26th, and uh, I'm we're back with Carissa and myself, your uh, faithful as ever host, Brendan McClanahan. And uh, today we're going to be reading John 11, verses 1 through 45, which is quite a lengthy passage. Are you cool with that? Are we okay with this, reading through it? Do You're you asking want, me? Yeah. Do you um, want to read through it or do you want to, do you want me to read it or do you want to uh, like, uh, you know, split it in half? No. We, yeah, let's split it in half. Okay. You go ahead and start okay. reading and, and you just stop whenever you want and I'll pick it up. Okay. Okay. This is John 11 verses 1 through 45. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let's go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you. And are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. Is that about halfway? That's great. After this, he told them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep but I'm going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go so that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. 
Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, greatly disturbed again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his faith face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and seen what Jesus did, believed in him. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You like this passage? I do. As you're reading it, it's so detailed. Yeah. Like it, the, things are almost said like in too much detail. Yeah. It feels like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, there's a, this, first of all, it's a long passage, but it's very, uh, like, um, uh, carefully told. That's there's a, a lot yeah. of details Yeah. from like logistics, like making sure we understand they're at, you know, Martha came outside the town outside of her house and Mary was still back at the house with all the mourners. But then when Mary came out to see Jesus, all the crowd followed him just to make sure we get like that this really happened and that this is why the crowd all heard, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, they're this is why they're at the tomb. And f- from that kind of stuff to like Jesus began to weep, talking about like some of Jesus' emotions or like the sarcastic comment from Thomas. Did you, I don't know if you caught that verse 16. Oh, it that says, felt sarcastic to you? I, okay, so how did it feel to you? Because okay. he says, Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. I thought, um, okay, so maybe okay, so maybe I misinterpreted <laughs> this, but uh, let us also go so that we may die. They just got over saying, Jesus, um, they were, the Jews are trying to stone you. Are you, are you going to go there again? And then they say, 
Jesus says, Lazarus is dead. He says, I'm going to go and Lazarus is dead. And then he says, let us also go that we may die with him. Almost like, oh, we're going to be dead too. I don't know. Like, like we're going to die too with Lazarus. Like we're going to be dead meat. That's how oh, I. With Lazarus. Oh. That's how I took it. But oh, it yeah, could be, let's go die sarcastic. with Jesus. Like we're, we're going to, if Jesus is going to die, we should go die with him. I yeah, can see it being that's taken how that I took it. Okay. Like him, like poor, poor Tom. He yeah. gets, <laughs> gets such a bad rap for being uh-huh. the doubter. Uh-huh. Um, but in this one, I, I saw it as him being like, okay, let's go. If our, if our leader is going, our mentor, this guy that we've put all of our faith and trust in, we haven't always understood, but we mm-hmm. know he's got something and we that we want. If he's going down, we're going with him. Yep. I w- Do or die. Yeah. I wish I had seen that when I, I mean, I don't know, maybe that reveals some of my own like sarcasm, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm thinking, um, yeah, let's go. Um, and we'll be just as dead as Lazarus. You know, we're going to help Lazarus and we're going to die before we even get there. You know? So, um, I don't know. I guess that just shows the fact that like some of scripture, you got to really, really dive in and question your own, mm. you know, lenses. Cause I read that and immediately think sarcasm and you immediately think like devotion. And so you got to be careful when you read scripture to be like, okay, what, what does it really say? Or how do we really reading it? What does it say about me? What does it say about the text? You know, that kind of stuff. But that's interesting. Um, another thing that I was focusing on, which isn't the main thrust of the passage, is verse 6. It says, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, Jesus stayed two days longer in the mm-hmm. place where he was. And I think Jesus could get a bad rap for this too. This is a, I'm just imagining like the political um, appearance of this. Like if he was like a public figure, which he was, but like today, he would get roasted for that. Like in a debate, on a b- debate stage, they'd be like, you know, on February, whatever, uh, <laughs> you stayed two days longer in the place you were instead of helping this person you supposedly loved, right? Like right. he get grilled for that. <clears throat> well, he does a little bit by Mary. Yes. She calls him out on it. She calls him out and says, why weren't you here? If you were here, my brother would have died. Martha says, um, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know God will give you whatever you ask of him. But Mary says, doesn't give him that like word of grace. He's just like, my brother would still be alive if you had been here, you know, come on, Jesus, like deal with it. And I kind of, um, so first of all, the word stayed reminds me of last week's passage where we talked about, um, Jesus ministering to the woman at the well. And then she goes back and tells all her friends. And then Jesus remains with them for days. I think it might have even been two days. I'm not sure. I have to look back at it. But it's more than one day that Jesus stays with the people in Samaria. And the fact that Jesus is staying, I wonder what he was doing in the town where he was, if he was doing important ministry stuff. And he was staying with people who needed him. And I wonder if he felt tension, like multiple things that he had to do. Like, I've got to I've got to go take care of Lazarus. But if I leave now, these people are, you know, not going to be okay. I'm not done with my work here. And I feel that. I think we all feel that like tension, like my kid needs this, but my another kid needs this, you know, like I, how do I, how do I be parent to both? Or my job needs this and my family needs this. How do I, how can I balance these responsibilities? 
And then to realize that Jesus struggled with that too, that he was a limited person. He could only be in one place at one time and he had to deal with his own limitations. And it almost feels awkward for Jesus. Like I'm used to being this omnipresent being in heaven. This is weird for me. <laughs> you know, like I've just got to be in one place at one time. I can't just be all, of, you know, like it seems like, I don't know. It seems like this is almost caught, catching Jesus off guard. I mean, I don't think anything really catches Jesus off guard, but it's almost to the point where you go, Jesus like is struggling with how do I be a limited person who a lot of people need me right now. So I was just empathizing that with Jesus. Go, oh yeah, that is hard. And then he trusts. He just goes, it's okay. It's going to be okay. You know, everyone's needs are going to be met in the end. You know, God can raise the dead. So it's like, all right, well then I can have a little bit of trust when I'm trying to balancing my balance my needs and listen to God about what and, and not worry about not being there for everybody at the exact time I need to be there, you know, to, to, to take my cues from God and be like, all right, well, I'm a limited person. I, I cannot meet all the needs around me. And that's probably good news for me. I don't, I'm not the savior of the world. And even the savior of the world had trouble balancing those things. So that was one thing I was seeing in it, but there's a lot more in here. Is there, is there something else that was grabbing your attention? Uh, it was, so, <laughs> was, uh, the, so, and th this, this lines up with what you were saying. Like, I've, we really see the humanity of Jesus in this passage. Mm -hmm. um, what you were talking about. I, I even wonder, was there a little bit of fear? Hmm. I mean, his disciples seemed to feel that this was a really terrible idea for Jesus's safety. Was there some of that? Hmm. Um, and then that where Jesus began to weep. Like, don't you wonder yeah. what was in his head when he was, and it's, it, it didn't, it wasn't, he began to get missed yet. He began to weep. Yep. Yep. Yeah. The, I, I, uh, I'm a little rusty on the, um, the Greek in here, but the words are way stronger than the English words. Really? Weep is just like, just break down in tears. Um, also, verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came along her with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. That word, again, I forget what the exact Greek word is, but it's like, I am torn to pieces. Mm. Like agonite, it would have been like um, talking about someone like yelling, like yelling in grief, like, ah, you know? Oh. So anyway, it's, it'd be, the deeply moved thing is an understatement. He's feeling like he's just torn apart, torn to pieces. And then he begins to weep. I like the translation in, in RSV. It just doesn't say, it doesn't just say Jesus wept, which is like, <laughs> <You know? laughs> single tear, you know. Um, it but sounds he, so dignified. Yeah. But he began to weep. Like he began to break down in tears with the other people who were already weeping. And it's like, that's what Jesus came to do. You know, he left heaven to be with us. And he be, he wants to be with us physically he wants to be with us as a teacher, but he also is with us emotionally. The fact that Jesus mm -hmm. is willing to empathize and attune to our emotions, even though he knows it's going to work out in the end. He knows, he even said earlier, I'm going to go wake him up from his sleep. It's not even a big deal. He's like brushing it off. Like, ah, he died, whatever. I'll raise him back to life. No big deal. I'll wake him up. He kind of dismisses it when he was with the disciples. But then when he's with Mary and Martha and this whole crowd of mourners, he weeps with them, even though he doesn't have to. 
I'm like, man, Jesus, he's, he really cares. He really cares about these people. He's not just going to come and solve the problem. I mean, he is, but he's not just going to do that. He's also going to enter in and be fully present to their pain. And in that sense, I think there's a lot of healing there with the people, not only seeing their brother raised back to life, but knowing that they're not alone in their grief and how much do I need to experience that? Like not just God solving my problems or restoring me, even though I want to see that and he does, but also the fact that God actually cares. He knows what it feels like and it's important to him that, that I know that he's with me and not just for me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And that he can relate to you when you at that point Mm -hmm. where you break down. Yep. He's been there. Yep. Yep. Definitely. The final thing is just like when it's, when he began to weep. So Jews said, see how he loved him. And for me, that's what the heart of this passage is, is just Jesus' deep love for Lazarus. I mean, it says at the beginning, um, um, uh, well, actually, it's, it talks about Jesus' love all over the place. But um, his the sister sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Like acknowledging that Jesus loves Lazarus. And it says in verse 5, Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, um, he stayed two days long in the place where he was. Just emphasizing Jesus' love for these people, um, for me, is the real heart of this passage that you get to see, like, Jesus doesn't just save Lazarus because it's the right thing to do or he's making up for his mistake or something like that. He's saving him. He's resurrecting him because he loves him so much. And I go, just like we were talking about yesterday with Romans 8, Jesus doesn't just save us because he's nitpicky and bothered by by the fact that there's sin in the world and wants to just, you know, is OCD and has to get it right. You know, like, ah, my creation has gone astray and if things were just in, in line and order, it'd be better. So I'm just going to redeem everybody to make everybody, you know, complacent, you know, or to compliant. I mean, just to make everybody fit in and to make sure all my I's are dotted and T's are crossed. He's, he rescues us. He redeems us. He resurrects us because he loves us. He loves being with us. And if we were to die and that was it, he'd miss us. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. It's Jesus' love that saves us, not his, you know, you know, uh, OCD. Like, I've, I've just got to fix everything the way they're supposed to be. So for me, that's the good news of the passage, is to be reminded for myself of how much God loves me today and how much he wants to be with me, uh, willing to enter into my emotional world, um, but also wanting to restore me um, because he loves me, not because he wants to just fix the bad things in me, but because he really loves who I am and wants to restore me um, to who he created me to be. So for me, that's the the, the little heart of the passage. Well, thanks, Carissa. We're going to dive into, oh my gosh, 18 minutes. This is officially our longest episode, (laughs) but it's also a really long passage, so it makes sense. Um, Thanks for tuning in, pressing play today, and we will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to be doing what? Uh, Tomorrow is Revelation 11. All right. Looking forward to it. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Bible Reading Plan podcast. If you have any reflections on the scripture we just read, 
please click the link in the show notes to leave us a voice message. We'd love to hear from you. Let me send you on your way with a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace.